Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by the 80s Cruise. Why is that a question? Wait, let me do that again. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your old pal Spearsy. And it's also Brad in LA. And today we send the time machine back 40 years to talk about two of our favorite albums. It's our tribute to albums from May of 1982. The, the, the past doesn't always stay put. You know, sometimes you're just going along and boom, it's, it's just there alongside you. Oh, May of 1982, how I miss you. That notwithstanding... Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by the 80s cruise? Why is that a question, oh, Spearsonian one? <laughs> just, had, just having some fun. Groovy. You wanted to see if I knew punctuation. Join Spearsy, me, and the punctuation police in 2023 for a week-long trip back in time on board the Royal Caribbean Navigator of the Seas. Performers will include, and yes, folks, in case you're wondering, I do this live. This is a live read every show because you deserve it. Devo, Brett Michaels, Kim Wilde, The Church, Howard Jones, Living Color, Jody Watley, The Smithereens with guest vocalist Marshall Crenshaw, Vixen, Cutting Crew, Midyear, Autograph, Tone Loke, and more. So, so, so much more. I can't even tell you. And first-time guests can get, say it with me, $200 of cabin credit just by using the promo code STUCK when booking. Just go to www.the80scruise.com for more information. And let me say one last thing. Once I get past Crenshaw, that's the sticking point. Guest vocalist Marshall Crenshaw is trickier to say than you might think. So once we get past that, it's all downhill. I'm just nothing but shits and giggles at that point. <laughs> is it is it worse than Belinda Carlisle? Belinda Carlisle and Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> I, I don't know. We all have our we all have our little stumbles, I suppose. Well, as you can hear, Stuck in the is also sponsored by Tanker A Gin. Hmm. When mixed with 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 uh, diet tonic water from Publix, it forms a mighty fine elixir, perfect for podcasting. Mm, try some tomorrow. Get no money off if you try to use the code STUCK when you go to the grocery store. Oh, they'll stick you all right. They'll stick you in the manager's <laughs> office until the cops show up. <laughs> Here's the deal. We're not going to try to defend a thesis today about seminal works and music history. Brad is not going for his doctorate. I'm not applying for a job at Rolling Stone. Uh, but from time to time, we like to take a step back and uh, let our vocal cords go to a new higher range and appreciate yes. albums that hit a certain milestone. And today we honor two albums that turn 40 in May. Every time I start to write notes for these shows, Steve, I still start with albums turning 30. And then I have to hit <laughs> myself upside the head and like, no, you dolt. They're 40. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it I texted you earlier? Um, um, what are you wearing? No, oh, that was... A, <laughs> Sorry, different conversation. There is something I te- I, I've been, been binge-watching Roadies by Cameron Crowe. Oh, you emailed me, sometimes the past doesn't stay there? Was that it? Somet- 
the past doesn't always stay put. That was it. So I'm watching I'm watching Roadies, which was Cameron Crowe's TV series set in like it was, it was 2016. It was on Showtime, but okay. now it's on Hulu. Oh, and uh, we would talk about it during our 80s obsession, but it's not really 80s, and we don't have time for an obsession today. <laughs> Too many other fish to fry, kids. But I've been watching it because I love Cameron Crowe, and there was this line in the show I was watching today, episode four or five, I forget, where the bus driver goes, the past doesn't always stay put. And I was like, oh, that's f***ing genius. It's, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. Sometimes it comes and visits you in a good way. And you get goosebumps because you are with a crowd of people hearing a band you love play one of your favorite songs. And sometimes it comes for you in a bad way, and you can figure that one out for yourself. (laughs) I don't have a specific example I want to share, but I know each and every one of you has a a specific example you could share with yourself. So take a moment to do that while we sit in the Stuck in the 80s hot tub. (laughs) Okay, the moment is gone. Yeah, we've been doing this for 17 years. We've had the good moments and we've had the bad moments. Uh, but today we're gonna we're gonna try to focus on the good. Like I said, we're we're not gonna give you a book report on these two albums. We're, these are just two albums that when we looked at the list the other day, and I said, you know, I haven't talked about these guys enough. And Brad's like, you know, we should talk about these guys more. And that's where we come at. And uh, we'll talk to you. We'll we'll talk to each other. We're not gonna talk to you. We're gonna talk to each other. We'll talk to you through each other. <laughs> Like yeah. when I say to Steve, Steve, did you know that I went to blah, 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 blah this weekend? He's like, oh, <laughs> tell me more about that, Brad. Yeah. I would, except for it's hard to pronounce the words to that festival even when I'm sober. Oh, good. Well, that's a good tease for the show wrap. So, yeah. So stay tuned for that because God only knows uh, that'll be the, at the end of this We could third. be completely <laughs> off the rails by then, people. It's going to be fantastic. Stick around. This could be one of those shows that we end up having to redo two weeks from now. <laughs> well, not, not only on my part. Brad's fine. Oh, no. I'll make him sound even better than that's. it's humanly possible if I get to yeah. do this show. So here's my pick. It's 38 Special. The album is called Special Forces. And here's my unlikely pick for the song I'd love to feature. Oh, That's Keep Running Away. And right now, everyone's kind of scratching their heads going, I know this song, but why did he not pick Caught Up in You? Because I've been drinking. (laughs) You know, you can't always go with the obvious pick. I like Keep Running Away better. You're such a hipster. No, no hipster has ever said, here's my thirty. Here's my favorite song by 38 Special. (laughs) Maybe now, but yes, that's fair. No, so 38 Special... I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast somewhere before. They hail from Jacksonville, Florida, where I had to live for four years, four horrible years. I, and it's not like I hate Jacksonville. It's up in the northeast corner they of the state. They just weren't good years? Like, what was going on in your life? Well, it was 91 to 95. Ooh, okay. Yeah, say no more. And The bridge to I, adulthood had yet to be crossed. Bridge to adulthood. Also... I was working for a very bad newspaper. Okay. There were a lot of wonderful people who worked there. Uh, I, should I name the newspaper? I guess I can. It's the Times Union. <laughs> I don't know if they're what they're called anymore or if they even exist anymore, given the state of newspapering in general. But yeah. it was a very, very bad newspaper in a very respectably sized town in Florida. 
And Jacksonville's known for three bands. And I'm sure I'm sure I've mentioned this. This is like one of my favorite trivia questions. 38 Special, Leonard Skinner, and can you name the third band? Oh, I should know this. Let me give you a hint. It's Southern Rock. I should know this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... it's. Oh, mm. Say it with me, everyone. Molly Hatchet. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, so if you'd given us Molly Hatchet, I could have I could have gotten Leonard Skinner. Anyway, yeah, that's, what, that's the whole point. So cast your mind back to the 60s. Uh, Donnie Van Zant, the younger brother of uh, Leonard Skinner's founder, Ronnie Van Zant, started playing, and he forms a band called Standard Production, and then they, be- they, be- then they were renamed Sweet Rooster, which I think they should have stuck with. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet Roosters. So, hold on just a second. So are you telling me that Mr. and Mrs. Van Zant named their sons Ronnie and Donnie? Correct. Welcome to Jacksonville. <laughs> Those parents are assholes. <laughs> Uh, no more so than uh, Mr. and Mrs. Stevens, who named their kid Steve. Fair. I mean, so. lots of interesting naming choices have been made through, yeah. through the years. So, I, I, no one believes me when I tell them that I did not intentionally name my children after characters in uh, John Hughes movies. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Wow. No one believes me when I, no one believes me when I tell them that that wasn't a consideration. I don't actually believe you now. See. What was okay. you, what, did, what was the inspiration? Oh gosh, this is like so engineering. This is, you're, you're, this is, you're just going to put this in the Brad Williams typical. Fight. Well, say, say the names so, for me, those who don't know. The, my, my children's names are Claire and Cameron. Mm-hmm. And what we were looking for was names that were popular but not too popular. Like I didn't want some weird alternate spelling of Stephen with a Q or something. Uh, so that hurts. This is going to make, this is, you're just, people are going to turn off the podcast after this. I pulled down the social security baby name lists, nothing over 40. Like everything needed to be 40 and below as far as ranking. So it's like a name between 40 and a hundred. And that's how I picked my, my choices. And, and, uh, and they're twins. So, I mean, it made sense twins. to have their names similar. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a driving factor. It just, I don't remember that being it was super important that they both start with the same letter, but uh, that's where we landed. Uh, we didn't know. I may have said this before. We didn't know if we we're having boys, girls, or what. So we had four names: had two girls' names and two boys' names. And the, as it turns out, the you know number one girl and number one boy names both were John Hughes' names. Wow. Yeah, and that one kind of backfired on us because by the time the kids were in school, apparently many other people had the same theory of name selection. And at one point, Claire had I think three other Claires in one elementary classroom. Oh, it's ridiculous. So you know. Anyway, there's your diversion for the 38 <laughs> yeah. special no, the Tell me entire, more about this band. The entire rest of the show is going to be entirely uh, according to plan, I'm sure. Uh, so Sweet Rooster, as much as they wanted to keep that name, <laughs> they were practicing out in a warehouse somewhere in the sticks, which in Jacksonville, that's not really hard to do. The neighbors were annoyed, so they called the police. The police show up and summon the band members to the door. They're either unwilling or unable to open the door, which is now padlocked, to which a cop replied famously, that's all right. We'll let this 38 special do the talking. And then he shot off the lock. Ooh. Gotta admit, that's a, that's, that's a better story than the whole story behind Wang Chung. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't argue that. I just can't. So, anyway, to this day... Um, the band is still together. Don Barnes is the only f- remaining founding member. 
They have a ton of songs you'll recognize. Tons, tons. Yeah. But only two top 10 pop hits. Caught Up in You from this album, Special Forces, and can you name the other? Um, is it Second Chance? It is indeed Second Chance from I mean, 1980. That's an, that's an adult contemporary song from a rock band, which yeah. kind of makes Baby Jesus cry, if I'm honest. <laughs> anyway, Special Forces is the fifth album by 38 Special, released in, obviously, May 1982. <clears throat> Peaked at number 10 on the Billboard uh, album chart. It was it was making it their highest charting album in the United States. I I suspect that's their highest charting, charting album anywhere. I don't think Good that, for you, know, you Smokey Rooster, or whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> Smokey Rooster's better. Let's hold on to that one. That could be the new name of the podcast. Okay, I'll put that on my fake band list. <laughs> Smokey Rooster. They had four charting singles from this album. Nice. Keep on Running Away is... I wanted I wanted to name it as my deep cut, but it's just not deep. It was it was pretty much a hit, and yeah. so Chain Lightning was a hit. Uh, Caught up in you was a hit. This this following song, this is my deep cut. <laughs> this song is called Rough Housing. By the way, this album features, um, it's a Guinness World Record for a number of songs that have apostrophe shortened uh, song titles. <laughs> now you're talking. We're back to punctuation. <laughs> this is my kind of podcast. I like this song because it's more uh, boogie-woogie. It's not slick. It's dirty. Yeah, it just sounds like something you'd hear at a place where, you know. At a honky-tonk. Get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a place you're like as likely to get beat up as not. So at, at, a, at, a, at a bar called the Smoky Rooster. <laughs> I would go to that bar. So anyway. They're, on a like weeknight. Not on Friday. On a weeknight. <laughs> no, no. You gotta get weeknight where, you know, it's like there's, there's probably a decent drink special. Yeah. And not in a dress shirt. No. <laughs> no. What, what shirt would you wear? Like, do you, go to, do you think about your outfits very much when you go to concerts? Well, A, men don't wear outfits. So, no, I don't think about <laughs> outfits. B, <laughs> you know, Yes, I do. Like, do you, I think about what I'm going to wear. Do you do you try to obey the rule that you don't wear the shirt of the band that you're going to see? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, so uh, I try to go with a basic black t-shirt. Uh, yeah, actually, Katie and I were laughing about this because for the whole pandemic, when I quote go to work, which means walk into what used to be my daughter's bedroom and close the door. Before I do that, I put on a black T-shirt and a pair of shorts. That's what I've been wearing every day for the last two years. I have about 12 80s cruise T-shirts. I wear those and a pair of gym yeah. shorts. But right now, Today, I, I'm wearing... You had to look down, didn't you? Because you didn't remember. I'm wearing one of my Tron shirts. I'm wearing my uh, black Encom shirt. So everyone thought I was just wearing a blank T-shirt, but really I'm wearing an Encom That's... T-shirt. Nerds! 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 Come on, Lewis. Let's go. Uh, anyway, Special Forces, great album. Uh, this band doesn't get enough love. I think it's one of those bands that you know. You know what they remind me of? In fact, in fact, Mrs. Spearcy mentioned this right before the show. She's like, it's a southern version of Night Ranger. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of cousins. Yeah, whether they know it or not, <laughs> they don't. They don't hang out all that often. I didn't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> 
You know, I mean, 38 Special doesn't like to go up north and visit Night Ranger. Night Ranger doesn't like to come down south because it's the heat and humidity to visit their 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 cousins and 38 All Special. All I'm saying is if Night Ranger and 38 Special sent something into 23 and Me, they're going to be more closely related than yeah. you might think. Yeah. They both they both did a signature song for a soundtrack. Uh, 38 Special has Teacher Teacher, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot they did that. That's a good song. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he says in a high tone, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. That's great. That's it. My my duties for the show are over. I'm going to take a nap now, but you're going to talk about one of my favorite albums of all time. Okay. Well, you uh, freshen up that cocktail there. Get up to the house. The ice is melting. You want to refresh those cocktails, don't you? The ice is melting. Hurry, hurry. It is, actually. I know. It's Florida. May 1982. I'm just going to let this song do the talking. The shaky told his Cadillac. He went cruising down the bill The prison was a standing On the radiator I've been wanting to talk about this album for years on the show, and I finally found a hook. I'm just glad that Steve sent me a note earlier in the week, or maybe it's late last week. We'll go with recently, saying, what do you want to talk about on the next show? And I'm like, well, we haven't done an album show in a while. Let me look. Oh, my gosh. Combat Rock is turning 40. We have to talk about Combat yeah. Rock. We have to talk about this. So let's just get the nuts and bolts stuff out of the way up top. The fifth studio album from the English punk band The Clash and in case you just wandered in off the street, listeners are stuck in the 80s, in the middle of this amazing business we got going on here. This is the last Clash album with the kind of, quote, classic lineup. And it includes two of their most popular songs. No no surprise there. Really. Well, maybe not no surprise. That's not by accident. Rock the Casbah and Should I Stay or Should I Go, uh, classics in the Clash catalog. Say that 10 times. Classics in the Clash catalog. Now I'll just cut and paste it. Um, so this this actually edged out our boys' thirty eight special. It peaked on the album charts <laughs> at number say. seven. <laughs> it peaked on the album charts in the U.S. at number seven, number two in the U.K. But to quote the Clash, let's cut the crap and talk about this album and, and where it fits into the narrative, both for the band and for young Brad and possibly young Steve. Let's talk about the band first. Like this is a big change from the stuff that they had done before. I feel like um, you put this up against London Calling, Sandinista, and it's kind of hard to chart a track between those records and this. I hesitate to say radio friendly, but it's a lot more radio friendly than those other records. Well, well, should I say or should I go and rock the Casbah? Clearly, we're we're radio friendly in a way that that. Those were, previous records don't they, really have that kind of feel. Were they radio friendly or were they MTV friendly? Mm, oh, that's a good question. That's a, a better way to look at it. Maybe there were just there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen making this album. Joe Strummer felt like they were getting too corporate, and so he hired back their original manager mainly because he felt like he would be an agent of chaos in the process. Which is kind of a, I guess that's a super punk rock move. Uh, Mick Jones had mixed the entire thing already with an eye to making a double album with longer mixes. And the rest of the band was like, nope, don't want that. 
get it out of here. And so they brought in Glenn Johns. The only reason I mentioned him is because I found out that he, not unlike Judas Priest, is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame musical excellence inductee. And we know how important that award is. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, so he remixed the whole thing. Uh, he actually had them re-record some lyrics and things, again, with an idea to make it a little more like tighter songs, more single. You know, I don't hear a single. Uh, you know, took out some of the instrumental kind of noodling around that the band was doing at the time. All, all this kind of just as to say that things were like you look back now and you can see this band was just missing one little thing to push them into explodo time. And what was that thing, Steve? Uh, drugs. Yeah, Topper Topper <laughs> Eden was like, how much heroin and coke can I do? Please send over twenty percent more than that. Uh, he was he got kicked out of the band because he couldn't get it under control. Uh, kind of ironic because he wrote the music for Rock the Casbah just while he was sitting in the studio waiting for the rest of the band to show up for their session one day. Jeez. Yeah, laid the whole laid the tracks down, did the whole thing, and uh, apparently the original lyrics that he wrote were. Uh, was a very raunchy ode to one of his girlfriends. So <laughs> maybe wouldn't have made it quite as far in the charts with those lyrics. I still say, okay, without MTV, this album doesn't do as well. Um, um, that could very well be. I I did not have access to MTV at the time, so Rock the Casbah I heard on the radio and on uh, the pop charts. But I, I want to say it was driven there by MTV. And if you want to look for like a radio-friendly song from London Calling, uh, Death or Glory would, would have yeah. been my pick. Or Spanish okay. Bombs. Well, maybe not Spanish Bombs. I mean, I love Spanish <sighs> Bombs. But Death or Glory is like your no-brainer for a, for a radio-friendly song from uh, the other one. I'm, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't mean to get off. I, no, no. I it's love good. this album. Let's talk, let's talk about The Clash. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Um, actually, I went back to listen to Spotify a couple years ago, had a, a series on the class yes. that yes. was so good. And I went to listen to the Rock the Casbah kind of combat rock era episode, and Spotify has taken it down. Son of a bitch. It's not available anywhere. Not oh, like cause... stuck in the 80s where everything's available all the time because we love you all so deeply. <laughs> they had to make room for a Joe Rogan podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, I, here, I, I know the point you're going to make – here uh, and that's like, like the, hipsters love to talk about the clash and hipsters love sandinista as an yeah, album absolutely I, everyone i know growing up in that era was like sandinista is the album and i'm sorry but to me it's 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 london calling and it's and it's combat rock i well yeah you you're exactly making my point and i appreciate you being on the, on board with me here but you know, whenever I talk about, oh, my favorite Clash album is Combat Rock, I can tell the musical hipsters because they just immediately they're like, oh. Like, look, asshole. <laughs> you want to know why I'd even heard of The Clash? The reason I'd even heard of The Clash is because they put something together that the radio would play in the godforsaken state of Oklahoma so I could hear it and think, this is interesting. I want to buy the rest of this album. And so I got to listen to this cool collection of songs. I mean, Steve and I were talking about this earlier. How do you pick a deep cut off of this album? Every single track. Every single track. Every single can track. I, can I play them all? <laughs> I, I would like to play them all. So it just, it blew my 15-year-old brain to hear this. And it, would I have discovered The Clash later? Hopefully one of my cool friends in college. Oh, wait, I didn't have any cool friends in college. <laughs> Maybe somebody that I met at a, wait, I didn't go to parties. Uh, <laughs> 
maybe I would have eventually stumbled across it, but this got me into a band that I would not have otherwise been yeah. exposed to. And I, I loved and love this album. This is a, you put it on, you listen to the whole thing. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and, and finding out stuff later, like that's Allen Ginsberg doing spoken word on yeah. the other defendant. That blew my mind. Like the Allen Ginsberg. <laughs> what? Z Joan Wilder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. So I'm sorry. If you're going to look just... down, if you're look down at your nose at me because I put Combat Rock at the top of the Clash Pal, f- you, <laughs> f- you and your f- hipster record collection. I hope the needle on your turntable breaks and the tubes in your amplifier explode in wow. glass. And I'm the one drinking. I got no patience for you. You play your your deep cut, and then I'm going to play mine. Neither one of them are deep, but both of them are. Excellent. But you play both yours. Cuts. Here it is. Drop it like it's hot. If you ain't reggae for it. love this this comes on and i'm just i I love i love the letterman electric company move of replacing the p in punk with an f for funk overpowered (laughs) by funk it's just like you said there's there's not a bad cut on this album i here's the story about how i got into the clash and combat rock i i worked i think it was my junior year so it would have been 83, 84. Okay. I worked at Publix, which is a grocery store here in Florida. Now it's expanded and kind of most more people know what Publix was, but it's like a... Well, the only uh, reason I know what it is is because I go there for snacks sometimes when I'm in Florida for yeah. the cruise. <laughs> it's a beloved grocery chain in Florida. Back then in, in, in 83, 84, if you were a bag boy, which I was, you had to wear a tie and a dress shirt and you had to wear oh, nice, nice shoes. And you had to... You always... You didn't offer to take people's bags to their car. You just said, which way to your car? It was your job to take it there. Really? Wow. So polite. And what a nice boy you were, Steve Spears. Well, that was the rules. And the thing is, they could say, no, 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 I got it. And you're like, okay. you know. But you, you, you weren't offering. You, you were telling them, I'm going to do this. You had to. It wasn't. It wasn't it, you didn't even have to. It wasn't a question. It's which way to your car. Oh, no, thanks. I got it. Okay. Back then, I would say maybe... Uh, half the people still took you up on it, mm-hmm. it, which you wouldn't have today. And if you go to a Publix in Florida today, most of the most of the time they'll still offer. They won't they won't say which way to your car, but they'll they'll say, "Would you like some help out with this?" Mm-hmm. But back then in the eighties, also back when Publix used to not be open on Sundays. This is I'm really getting off on a tangent, but I'm going to bring it back. I swear. That's, that's I, good. That's good. I need, get there. Let's let's get there, Spearsy. Let's get there. Uh, so they were never open on Sundays. They opened on Sundays and it was time and a half. And so that was always a bonus. Ooh. And they were only open for about seven hours on Sunday. So that was great. Yeah, because, you know, you got to go to church in the morning. Man. Yeah. So if anyone needed it, it was you, Spearsy. <laughs> so the people who worked there generally were customer service friendly people. That's the point I'm trying to make. So I worked at a Publix in a more of a blue collar 
lower blue collar part of town, okay. which is where I lived. Everyone else who was a bag boy, they were into punk rock. And I'd never even, I I just had no experience with punk rock until I worked at Publix. And the the band they loved the most was The Clash. And the album that they loved the most was this one, Combat Rock. I like these people. So we'd go on lunch breaks and I my friend Whitney would pull around with his like stripped down VW bug and we'd tear off looking for sliders and we'd play this album on the radio and Whenever this next song came on, we would stop and sing along at the top of our lungs. This is Straight to Hell. Straight to hell, boy. Go straight to hell, boy. Go straight to hell, boy. Go straight to hell, boy. Oh, Papa Simon. When Brad logged on today to uh, to record the show, he, he got a special treat of me singing this song. I was I was listening to it on my headphones and singing along just like I was in 1983. Was that singing? No. <laughs> I thought that was like, you know... Steve Spears does Fred Schneider doing The Clash. Well, it's close to singing. Oh, old Jack Shimmies. I love Straight to Hell. I, to, it's so good. It's the one song. And, like, this is the one song. I mean, can, I have to whisper this. this. This is the one song. The wives never understand this song. Like, they they just, I think, I think it frightens them <laughs> a little bit. And maybe it should. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not exactly a happy, cheerful song. It's no, it's a song about children left behind after the vietnam war yeah it's about economic chaos it's not a happy song <laughs> a, but my god it's is no it a walking fun on song. sunshine but wow it's a good track yeah i didn't figure you'd pick this as your deep cut and that's fine because i mean let's face it i mean straight to hell is is it's it's out there on its own little ledge of the cliff i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah <laughs> in, my own, in my own stupid way but man uh, you know, and I still shop at Publix every. That's where I get all my all my food from, pretty much. And I would say one out of every ten visits, I tell the story of, oh, you know, I used to work here in the eighties, and back then we had to wear ties, and uh, you know, we had to do this, and every other Saturday we had to work late and strip the floors and rewax them and all this kind. Of, and like I would tell, I, the old man, there's this guy sh- named Otto. <laughs> I, I would I always tell them the stories, and I, I always hope that they're hearing him for the first time. But I'm sure I've told the same people the same stories more like, than once. Yeah, so. yeah. Here comes old man Spearsy with his stories again. Don't don't mention anything about Publix in the '80s, or else he'll just go off on you. Don't don't even comment on his on his '80s T-shirt, or else he's going to go off on you. So, you know, I got this when I worked as a bag boy here at this very establishment. No plastic bags then either. It was all paper. Here's five cents for you, kid. Buy yourself a half a cigarette. Oh, that's the other thing. If they, if you took their stuff out, you were not allowed to accept a tip. And there was one couple that would like seriously not let you. Go. They always took the offer to have you bring their stuff out there. Sure. And you, they would offer to tip you, and you would always decline. And you learned after a while that they weren't going to let you go without giving you the tip. Right. 
So they gave you just enough money, and I think they knew this, to get a soda out of the machine no, at Publix. And so, like, nice. I mean, the tipping culture wasn't what it is today. Like, I mean, good grief. I tip everybody. I tip yeah. myself for brushing my teeth. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, no, I just, I remember, I remember, like, it was yesterday. They, they knew, like, it was, I think it was 35 cents was what it was for a soda, and they, they would give me 35 cents, and that's what I... <gasps> oh, that's nice. <laughs> A little something was, for the effort. A little something for the effort. That's actually a very sweet story. It and is. I don't. I, I mean that with all the sincerity in my heart. I know you rare. do. Rare. It's rare. <laughs> You're a very sincere person. You know what else is very sincere? <laughs> the the Seggies. Ah, speaking of auto, it's time for a TV party tonight. I, I love Repo Man. We don't. We did a show on it, but I'd like to do another show on it. I feel like every time we talk about it, it it's one of those movies that you need to get progressively drunker to mm. make it through the movie. And it's a fine line because if you drink too much, you'll never see the end. And if you drink too little, you're filled with self-loathing. So I don't know that I've actually seen the end, come to think of it. Cause I think really? I've never... When they open the trunk? Oh, well, they open the trunk like several times during the movie. Mm, when they open the trunk at the okay, well, can I can Don't, I give you spoilers? No, no. Okay. God. Well, the best part in my the best line. Uh, well, gosh, just an awful. It's lot not of a plate of shrimp, that. is it? No, no. <laughs> no, you can tell everyone loves you. We'll say that for later. My favorite line is. What about our relationship? What? What about our relationship? That. You shit! I'm glad I tortured you. I'm glad I tortured you. <laughs> I don't think that there's an 80s movie that gets shown less on TV, other than maybe Heavy Metal, than Repo Man. I've seen Heavy Metal. Actually, I went out of my way to watch it one Friday night when Katie was away. and On TV? It was, it yeah, was, it was, it was on TV. It was on TV. I'd rec- or I might have recorded it on my fancy, wow. you know, digital video recorder device whatever uh what i remember is i walked away from that saying okay you scratched that itch remember this thought you don't need to see this movie again anytime soon oh okay well that's how i felt about it the first time i saw it so yeah i mean it's fun but yeah i, I suppose repo man is fun age. too repo man has some just eminently quotable moments in it yeah ordinary people ordinary f-ing people i hate them this show's setting a new record for a number of times we have to bleep ourselves. That's okay. At least we know that when I edit it, I will use 1K tone. And when Steve yeah, edits we don't it, know. will use something else. I, I think I've used the right tone the last couple times. Not in the last show. Seriously? 1K tone. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, There's a segment in here somewhere. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of things in here if, if you really look for them. That's, just, that's all I'm going to say. <clears throat> the past doesn't always stay put, my friend. Hmm. That's going to haunt my dreams. Or perhaps it will illuminate your dreams. Uh, Maybe we'll show you the way forward. Salmon I had for dinner is probably going to illuminate my dreams. Maybe the light will shine forth from the clouds and the beams will shoot out and (laughs) a voice will sing, Steve, record a podcast. (laughs) And you'll be like, that's it? Really? I've been doing that for 10 years. What the hell? Help me out here, people. People are not going to know what to make of this show. You know, it's still the content's still there. It's like it's in there somewhere, buried deep in there. You got to mine for it. But uh, mm. anyway, like a few Dug. weeks, <laughs> a few weeks ago, uh, didn't we use Dig Dug as a? Uh, I don't know. A, I can't remember. 
It's all a mystery. That's why we write stuff down, folks. Sometimes the past doesn't stay put. The last time we did this show, whenever that was, here was the mystery clip. Yeah, that's the uh, theme to the reboot of The Twilight Zone. So The Twilight Zone was rebooted in 1985, and it actually survived quite longer than I remember. Yeah, it was like straight to syndication, if I remember correctly. So it would yeah, more show or less. up on your kind of either your in-market second tier of stations or maybe like in the middle of the afternoon when they ran out of soap operas on one of the main stations or something. Yeah. I never watched it because it came out right when you and I were in college. So. Yeah. I was saving uh, my time. My TV time there was focused on Robotech. <laughs> the the idea was they rebooted the show because they thought that the plan was Spielberg was coming out with his Twilight Zone the movie, and they thought oh, it was going to yeah. be such a hit that uh, like, let's go ahead and plan the TV show. And we'll of course, have this the movie roll. Movie was a bust. They wouldn't have the TV show. Um, the Grateful Dead with Merle Saunders actually performs the theme music. Some of the guest stars are pretty good though: Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, Martin Landau, Jonathan Frakes from. Uh, mm. You could say, well, at that point, he probably would have been from North and South. That's true. It wasn't. We weren't quite. Well, depending on when it landed, but we're not quite into the next generation era. That would have been 1989. Uh, Francis yeah. McDormand, Fred Savage. Do you ever see his uh, the TV show um, Friends from College? He was in that a few. Like I think it was a couple years ago. It's no, not, I'm it, terrible it was, it was watching real, television. It's real uneven. I don't. I don't okay. know that I recommend it, but it, okay. it's got a couple of funny scenes. Anyway, well, I can pretty much guarantee I won't watch it. But thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> yeah, or lack thereof. Yeah, spend your time watching roadies instead. Why don't you read the winners? Okay, folks. Winners this week include Mike and Oz, Fred with no ends from Boston, Carlos Hernandez in St. Louis, Jose from Savoy, Illinois, Caffeinated Joe, Chris Cooling from the Forgotten TV podcast. What a surprise, Chris. <laughs> John in Little Elm, John Ross from Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Tromboner. Do you laugh every time you say the word tromboner? Do you like do you want to emphasize boner? I die a little <laughs> bit inside, basically. Yeah. But it's okay. I'd love to know Chris Cooling's thoughts about um the Twilight Zone. I mean, he's the TV expert. Yeah. Chris, come on the show soon. And let's talk some TV in the 80s. We haven't done a show in a while about that. And let's. Anyway, the whole point of this was if you get it right, you're entered into a drawing for a postal friendly bottle opener, which I normally I would have said already, but we got derailed into talking about plates of shrimp. Self derailing. <laughs> yeah. Self derailing would be another good name for it. It'd be a good name for a band called the Smoky Rooster. Um, anyway, spin the, re- spin the reel. <laughs> And let's find out who won the postal friendly bottle. Okay, here we go. You ready? Before I lose my consciousness. A one and a two and a one, two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you pull a nut on that one? Wouldn't you like to know, Chuckles? It looks like it's going to land on Jose from Savoy, Illinois. That doesn't sound like that's a real place. Savoy, Illinois? I'll look it up. Hang on. a village in illinois it's in champaign county hey yeah you're right village of savoy illinois i've been to uh, i've been to champaign urbana many times i have family there and both my parents went to school there is there a phone number can we call them 
Just can call the operator. Hello, there operator. is. They they, can, they can show you a fax us to Savoy, please. <laughs> yeah. There's a fax number too on their website. That's great. So you know that Savoy is really the hip hop oh, capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how you amuse me, Steve Spears. I'm sorry. It's just it's the it's the tanker eight talking. I just. I had a weird week, and I guess now's the best time to get into it. I was in New York for a few days helping uh, Mrs. Spearsy move, make her final move down to Florida, and uh, it took a long time to get that last final flight back home, and we were at the airport for hours and hours and hours missing flights and rebooking flights, and the missus was there there wearing her Stuck in the 80s t-shirt, which was, I think, the last clean t-shirt she had. (laughs) But bottom uh, but of the she, drawer, I was kind of saving this for something special called never. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she wore it. She wore it on the flight home. So yesterday was, which is when we were supposed to record this podcast. I was as brain dead as a as a head of cabbage. Mm. So yesterday was supposed to be the day of like, hey, we can do whatever we want. We can have a drink. We can eat some bad food. But we we like we were awake for like five hours the entire day and spent the rest of the day just passed out. It was mm. just. It's a lot. Sucks. Uh, it's, anyway, it's always that last that last five percent of any move is just like, oh my gosh, where did all yeah. this stuff come from? And, uh. Right. Anyway, so Jose from the village of Savoy, email us your postal address, or you know, approximate coordinates yeah, to your village. You go to high school with either of my cousins. Let me know. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, here's this week's mystery TV theme song. <laughs> If you know it, email us at podcast. <laughs> podcast at SITs.com. At SIT80s.com? I'm making my drinks too strong again, obviously. Are and then you? tune in. <laughs> yes. I should have. I should have. I, I can still. I still have those cocktail onions from the cruise. I could put one of those in here, but not with the tonic water, right? I mean, I mean you could do what you want. It's going to be a kind of a weird flavor. Uh, it might be interesting. Try it. Let me know what you think. Okay. Here, we'll pause the show while I go do it. I'm kidding. Uh, we'll be right back after these commercial messages. There's a lot of reasons why we came to Sizzler for all-you-can-eat shrimp. The shrimp are really good. All-you-can-eat. And you get a thick sirloin steak with shrimp. All-you-can-eat. And it's a great deal. All-you-can-eat. Now you can get steak and all the golden, crunchy fried shrimp you can eat for a shrimp of a price. At the steak, seafood, salad. Are you going to eat that? Sizzler. And we're back. We've got a few minutes left. Brad had an exciting weekend. Well, I was waiting at airports the whole time. Where were you? The Rose Bowl? I was at the I was Rose Bowl adjacent. I was at the Cruel World Festival, which uh, originally, I'm sure you remember, originally was scheduled for September 2020. Like wow. a million years ago, and it got postponed and canceled and repostponed and recanceled and scheduled and rescheduled. Finally, you know, it settled on this last weekend. Uh, I was not able to get tickets the first day, much to my sadness, but they opened up a second date and bingo. For those of you who aren't aware, it was a big festival show Golden Voice put together, um, three stages going, and the lineup included a bunch of bands that none of us had heard of, so whatever, I won't read those. Let me ask you this, though. So you had three stages. I mean, how does that work? They were all facing different directions, I guess. Adjacent to the Rose Bowl, on one side there's a bunch of parking lots, on the other side is a golf course. 
So the stages were out on the golf course. So they were they were separated pretty far from each other. There were two See, that were kind of at one end that were a little smaller, and then the main stage was way at the far end. So it's no no bleed over in sound. It's kind of funny. There was a point when you were walking between two of the stages where like I'm walking towards the band and I'm still hearing the band behind me, and there's this kind of barrier where suddenly like it washes out the other way. Oh. So yeah, it was there carryover? Yes, but if you're close enough to the stage for the band you wanted to see, then that's what you heard. Okay. Yeah. So, Please continue. Okay. So the lineup of bands that you and I have heard of, English Beat, Missing Persons, Public Image Limited, The Damned, Jay Aston's Gene Loves Jezebel, because I think there are two versions touring. Yeah, you. Michael's the other one. Uh, the Church, Violent Femmes, Berlin, Devo, The Psych Furs, Bauhaus, Blondie, and Morrissey. It's a pretty packed lineup for a one-day festival, and it was the same lineup both days, same schedule for both days for the acts. Okay. So, you know, we get the schedule on, I think they released it on Friday, what the set list was, and I looked at Katie, I showed it to her, I think, I don't think we have to be there until, like, maybe 3 o'clock. Like, the first couple hours of bands, it's just not anything I care about seeing. We roll in, and we get in there, and it's just, it's packed. It was very busy, not surprising. Here are the bands I saw and the grades that I personally would assign them. I did not consult with my wife on this. These are my grades. So if you have anger issues, point them at me, not my poor, long-suffering wife. First band, Missing Persons. I give them a B-, minus, mainly because I was feeling pretty good at that moment because I was at a festival show with a bunch of people, and it felt very post-COVID-y, and so my attitude was pretty good. And uh, Del Bosio sounded okay. She didn't sound great. She wasn't like an exact carbon copy of herself, but she's also a little bit older. I will say Dale could do a little more cardio maybe, so she wasn't so out of breath in the middle of her own songs. But, hey, it was pretty fun. We were, Everyone was having a good time. She could hit the high notes still? Because she hit that. Eh. Um, she, as with many aging singers, knows how to get the most out of what she's still got. Yep, I know exactly what you're saying. Say no more, you know, say no more. So nudge, I, nudge, I, wink, wink. I, I don't want to say, well, you know, I, I don't want to mark down because they can't, they don't sound like they used to, because that's not really fair. Whether Correct. it's, you know, it's true that they don't, none of us do, but it seems unnecessarily harsh. So I'm giving her a B minus. Next up, Public Image Limited. Holy crap! I give them an A minus. I'm giving them an A minus just because Johnny Rotten was a little, just a Trashed. little, little strangeo. Uh, but shocking, right? I mean, Johnny Rotten looked like the kind of guy that if you saw him walking towards you on the sidewalk, you'd just give him your wallet, right? Just like, here, let's just cut to the chase here. But he looked, he looked, at, you saw him up on stage, you're like, that's Johnny Rotten. Like, there's no question that he's still who he is. Yeah. Uh, so that was a fun set. The next set we saw was The Church, and they were a revelation. Oh, they sounded so good. Straight A. They get an A. No question about it. Maybe an A+, plus, but we'll leave that to the, the judge from East Germany. But definitely A work. They sounded great. Band was tight. Vocals tight. Just, I'm so excited to see them on the cruise. I think they're going to be a big hit there because they just... Wow. I mean, you know, you may not know a lot of their material, but the songs you do know, they perform. They opened with Reptile, which I almost fell over. I was so excited. Um... They did have the audacity at one point to say, I know we're not supposed to do this, but here's a song from our new album. <laughs> and it was pretty good, you know? It was catchy. So the church was great. Next up, we wandered over to see the Violent Femmes. 
C plus work from Violent Femmes. Uh, Sad. Uh, yeah, they just, I don't know, there was something. The only other time I've seen them, they were on a lineup for a big festival, like one day, whatever you want to call it, an amphitheater show. And they did a really stripped down set. They were one of the first bands on, and it was acoustic guitar and acoustic bass. And the drummer, I can't remember what they call it, it's a box with some snares in it that you could basically sit on it and kind of drum. You know. I think that's kind of how they do most of their shows, but yeah, I could be and, wrong. And that was good. They actually they sounded really good, and it, it worked. But with the full electronic, the full electric setup, whatever you want to call it, I just there was something missing. I don't know. Uh, Again, there are a lot of people that are seeing them. People seem to be having a good time. It just wasn't my, wasn't my main thing. Then it was time for, to me, the main event. We had to scamper over to the main stage to see Devo. And what grade do I give Devo, Steve? I'm going to be a hard grader on Devo because I have expectations for these guys. Right. They get an okay, A. Yeah. They get an A. They killed it. I heard that. They killed it. They were they a they they you know they sounded great. The the thing that astounded me later, I looked this up, is the three surviving founding members or members of the classic lineup or whatever we're calling it this week. They're in their seventies. These wow. guys are running around the stage and dancing and doing the same shtick they've been doing for a long time. But Damn, they didn't pull it off. I just, wow. And the crowd was eating it up. I mean, I think I was as much enjoying the set, which the last few times I've seen them, it's been all stuff from their first three or four albums. And they had some, just they, they played some stuff off Total Devo and they played some stuff off of uh, uh, Something for Everyone, and like which is their most recent studio album. And it just, it was a great set. And it was cool to see the number of people that were there enjoying it. Good. I don't know how many of them were there because someone, one of their friends who was there the day before said, you've got to see this. But I don't care why they were there. I'm just glad they were there. Yeah. So at that point, we wandered over and uh, caught a little bit of the Psychedelic Furs. I give them a B-. minus. Their core hits, they sounded fine on, but the rest of the stuff, either I just don't know it well enough or it just seemed a little disjointed, the other I'm, material. I'm surprised I saw that. Well, I mean, granted, it's been a while. and I've heard that they're one of those bands that's you know, any given night could be the best show ever or a real, la- you know, phoned-in show. So maybe you... Uh, yeah, the last time I saw them was at the Hollywood Bowl, and I remember being really impressed with them. And, okay, and again, so... on their hits, they sounded good. But yeah, I know. But the material I didn't know was just not very inspiring. Sure, okay. And then I made, or we, well, I'll say I, then I made the choice, look, do I need to go see Bauhaus? Hmm. No. I know one of their songs. I know they're important, okay? I know they're important. Save the hate mail. But I figured, (laughs) why am I going to go see this band just because they're important? I would be taking up space from one of the faithful. I'm I'm just going to stay where I am and watch Blondie, who I'd never seen. So Blondie, I give Blondie a B. Again, as with Dale Bazio, uh, Debbie Harry is using every trick in the book to get her voice where it needs to be. And she was a little bit of a there were kind of the two sides of Debbie some songs she sounded really good on and others I wasn't quite sure why she wasn't pushing her voice a little harder I mean I don't know I'm not 70 something years old but the, her band was amazing. they were the rockinest thing we heard good very happy and then we finished the night much to my amazement we walk over to the main stage and there's Morrissey singing I saw his set list it was a good set list he sounded great and he was engaged and he seemed to be having as much fun as someone who sings songs like that would allow themselves to have and <laughs> you know he just it was a good set 
That's that's the greatest description ever. I mean, I don't know a lot of his solo catalog. I just don't. But I know the hits and I know the Smith stuff. But it just wasn't ever that into his stuff. But man, he sounded good. People were into it. You know, it was great. It was a really fun show. Uh, if, if anything, there was any concern, it was I was worried for all those goths who were out in the ninety degree heat and the direct sunlight and their very gothy goth looks for Bauhaus. <laughs> like, I'm afraid some of them might have succumbed. But maybe that's yeah. what they wanted. Hmm. Death by Bauhaus. I want to die on the on the golf course next to the Rose Bowl listening to Bauhaus. Yeah. What a yeah, heavenly like, way to die. Yeah. <laughs> to, to quote so it was Tim good. Morrison. I mean, we'll see if they do it again next year and what the lineup is, but this was pretty solid top to bottom. I I mean, as much as I don't like festival shows, this one's had a, a lineup that's really impressive. I yeah. mean, just wow. I'm I'm sad about the violent femmes. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed that the Furs didn't give you everything that they could give you. I can find very little fault with the day. That's just the truth yeah. of the matter. Um, you know, Katie said, you know, oh, I would have liked to see Berlin one more time, but we've heard them so many times. Oh, uh, yeah. And, no, and you mean, know they're going to turn in a good show. Sure. Uh, I'm sure they did. So I would have also liked to hear The Damned, but from a distance, I could hear them playing Alone Again, but so I'm like, okay, I feel like I got the one song I needed from them. I would have probably tried to see the English beat, but I have seen them. They were really so, early in the day. Oh, well, then that's kind of, yeah. And it was hot. <laughs> you got to make choices. Yeah. <laughs> this whole podcast is about choices. Today, today we made the choice to, to honor just two albums from, from May 1982. And I know that we bypassed about... We left a lot on the table. 15 others that would have just been fantastic picks too but we're we're just trying to go with the things that we connected with you know but Steve years Combat ago. Rock Combat Rock man you know I'll pour one out tonight for my friend Whitney and his VW Bug you know actually it's funny cuz he got in touch with me after the podcast started sometime in the first 5 or 10 years and said oh my god you know I can't believe you're doing this podcast about the 80s and stuff like that I never did meet up with him again but he was Really good guy. Everybody I worked with there, you know, who turned me on. They turned me on to Billy Idol. They turned me on to uh, The Clash. They turned me on to The Sex Pistols. So um, some things you never th- think you'd be able to credit Publix or a grocery store for. Well, you just <laughs> never know. You take it as it comes. And just for all you Durannies out there, yes, Rio came out this month too. Okay, there. We covered yeah. it. Well, we did a whole show about that. So in the meantime, it's cleanup time in aisle five. <laughs> I'll get the mop. You get the tonic. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there will be trouble. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And thanks for listening. Should I go? Should I stay or should I?